From Los Angeles, California, on the MTV Podcast Network, this is North Mollywood. I'm Alex Papadimus. Our guest today in the studio from Yo Is This Racist, Andrew T. What up? And sitting across the table from me, her life is the basis for the Oscar-nominated film La La Land, Molly Lambert. I love the jazz. <laughs> You're the basis for the Ryan Gosling character. I you am. Tell ladies about jazz. <laughs> I do. You, a, a, a mansplain jazz. Yeah, term. is that movie just mansplaining the movie? It has to be. That's what it sounds like. Nice. That's part of why I hate it without having seen it. Is it? Do they sing the whole time, or is there there's there's dialogue? I like how you guys are asking me as though I'll have real answers. Well, I know that you were involved with the project fairly intensively <laughs> early on, and then you know there were creative differences. But I feel like in the script stage, you probably knew they stopped singing to dance. I think maybe maybe they sing Jesus. and dance. Is it like an Umbrellas of Cherbourg situation? It seems though, where like they it. Just do all the. It seems like Umbrellas of Cherbourg, and that it seems like somebody was like, "Let's take Singing in the Rain," and then. <laughs> Pass it through the Babblefish translator. I saw Damien Chazelle talking about it, and he said basically that I figured out that Singing in the Rain is an experimental film, and that's when it all clicked for me. So I'm never seeing that movie. La La Land or La La Singing La in the Rain? I've seen Singing <laughs> in the Rain. It's too late to go back and un- unsee that one. See, I love Singing in the Rain. Wait, in what sense is it an experimental movie? Just because like, like musicals are experimental movies because they just have narrative Right, crazy. you break reality yeah, to they, do... Yeah, that's why Michael Bay loved uh, West Side Story, according to his Wesleyan film professor. Because uh-huh. he was like, wait, you can just do whatever? No, but also because Wesleyan has that maniacal thing where they make everyone, literally everyone I know who's gone to Wesleyan, who's like, probably everyone I know who's gone to Wesleyan, but who's even remotely interested in like film, took this fucking class called Musicals, which is why there's that Buffy the Vampire Slayer episode, because Joss Whedon went to Wesleyan. Everyone, they like fucking love musicals there. And that's why they were the basis for PCU, (laughs) the best movie of all time. Is that, that's the DNA of the musical obsession that everybody wants to, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, it's like, it's like the class. And, and I'm trying to think the only equivalent I have from my college experience is there was a fucking white guy Buddhism class taught by Robert Thurman that everyone's like, ooh, you gotta go to that. I'm like, nope. In fairness, Robert Thurman, like, kind of the authority on white guy Buddhism. I mean, if you're going to yeah. take a white guy Buddhism class. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's the father of the dude. style for sure. <laughs> that's your man. You guys are really underselling Alan Watts here. <laughs> <laughs> Alan Watts not available. Uh, guys, I wrote a musical once in college. How was it? It's fucking great. It what was it? Wait a minute. What do you think it was? The premise of your musical. Yes. Mm. I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna go with the, like a, like a Cthulhu mythos kind of thing. Ooh, I know what musical you'd write now, which is an EDM version of Hackers. <laughs> <laughs> that somehow that incorporates close? Russian history. Um, it, <laughs> uh, it was an '80s period piece about a Bake Off. It was called Bake Off. <laughs> Why would I have gotten that? No, nobody would have ever gotten that. That I just, uh, sounds. Dope. It's pretty dope. Can you guys dedicate? You guys should dedicate, like, do it serial style. Like, the end, last, I don't know, three and a half minutes of every episode of North Mollywood, you just do, like, the next scene from Bake Off. <laughs> okay, I will actually do that. Can we make a note of that? That's 2017, North Mollywood. We got to do so. The Westworld is over. We need to fill this time somehow. We're going to take a break real quick, but we will be right back.
So we're going to talk about uh, the Oscar contenders. The caveat being that none of us have seen any of these movies except I saw Moonlight. Andrew, I think you saw Moonlight. I saw Moonlight. Okay. So we're not going to talk about Moonlight. Uh, we're all we're just going to come at it like in the most pure way possible. We're just going to analyze like uh, the just like pure gut feelings. The because this is a gut feeling country now. We just sort of go based on instinct. We don't you know, we don't take the intelligence briefings. We don't see the movies. We just decide. We go on instinct, lies, and advertising. Exactly. That's all we need. We're the deciders. Yeah. Yeah, we just base it on media narrative and stuff that we read on Twitter because that's America. <laughs> that's all we need. Uh, well, wait, why don't we get Mo- Moonlight out of the way? Molly, what's... Moonlight seems great. Haven't seen it. <laughs> Couldn't tell you. Can uh, I ask you a question? Yeah. Do you think Moonlight has a happy or sad ending as someone who's never seen oh, it? Oh, um, I'm going to go with bittersweet. All right, you know too much about this. <laughs> already, no, I've just seen indie movies. You just right, know how movies right. are. No, somebody asked me because somebody I was somebody was asking like, is this going to be like a grueling movie going experience? Yeah. And if they were to, uh, sort of trying to gauge how up for that they needed to be, and it was mm-hmm. hard. To, it was a hard question to answer. Yeah, I, I I'm going to break the rule that was established mere seconds ago and talk about the movie a little bit as someone who's seen it. I went into it knowing very little about it other than it was great. And I realized over the course of watching it that I have been conditioned by expectation and my the way media works to 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 just expect that a movie, an indie movie about a black person or an indie movie about a gay person and an indie movie about a black gay person is going to have terrible tragedy in it. And maybe it did, maybe it didn't. But I was like, oh, shit, I'm a bad person for believing this before I like or just not even thinking about it. But you're conditioned by. Yeah. By so many things about like you said, you've seen indie movies before. There's a lot of things like Moonlight does mess with you a little bit in your conditioning because like you almost like Wesley and I talked about this a long time ago, like on an old like Prince movies. But like there's that thing where and it's actually it was we were talking about Whiplash because this happens in Whiplash where like when you see someone the uh, shot, the profile shot driving a car in an indie movie, like you just think that they're going to get T-boned if it gets too quiet. (laughs) And like there was I think this was like one year where that happened like five times in a movie and it happens in whiplash it's just kind of it's like you know there's something that they teach you in like the screenwriting lab like the sundance lab is like like when in doubt just having to get t-boned in the car from the side and you keep expecting there to be a t-boning of some sort yeah like, yeah you know, whether it's a literal one a literal car <laughs> crash or like some kind of other metaphorical terrible thing happening yeah um, there's already a template in final draft that says like you know the window <laughs> frames his face like a painting <laughs> and before you realize it the car smashes in he's been t-boned um <laughs> My indie film is actually called T-Bone. That should be Andrew's indie film because his last name is T. That's my – I feel like if I had like a wrestling persona, it would be T-Bone. It would be T-Bone. Yeah, just have a steak (laughs) and I guess wave – okay, here's what my wrestling persona would be. I would wave a flag that is cut down the middle, American and communist China, and I would come into the ring waving that and holding a well-done T-bone steak in my hands and eat it as before I get on the mic. (laughs) Anyway, go see Moonlight. It's great. But that's not why we're here to talk about movies we've seen. Let's talk about movies we haven't seen. Movies we have not seen. I'm going to say that the one that I enjoy arguing about the most that I haven't seen that I'm probably not going to see is the Kenneth Lonergan film Manchester by the Sea starring Casey Affleck. Okay, here's my here's my question. Surely, like, 
it's a parody of itself to do some like New England dramatic shit at this point, right? Are we done with Boston or over the hell? Manchester, I guess. Manchester. I'm going to go with New Hampshire. Is that where it's supposed to take place? It's something Ma- like that. Uh, Got to Ma- be Massachusetts. Massachusetts. Yeah. I feel I like so- we don't know also anything about New England geography. <laughs> so it's all Boston. It's just a big yeah. Boston. Yeah. Yeah. It's the, it's whatever the New England Patriots fans are from. Well, there was a big wave of movies about yeah. blue collar, white Boston people. Yeah. For like years. There yeah. was Mystic River. Uh, yeah. In the bedroom. In the bedroom. We're talking your towns. The, We're talking, the town. Yes. Uh, the fighter. Is yeah. What it's called. Yeah. What's the one that I'm thinking of? I think it's the fighter. Is it the fighter? Is that the David O. Russell one? The fighter yes. is it? Yeah. That and that's that's. I can't Boston. believe the movie's called The Fighter. Yeah. Well. <laughs> <laughs> it's really I was like, arrogant. That can't be its name. It's too dumb. To give your movie the name of just the thing that it's about and be yeah. like, there's never, uh, my movie's called The Astronaut. You can never <laughs> ever make a movie about an astronaut ever again. <laughs> the fighter had Christian Bale in it. We'll get to him shortly. We'll get there. We'll get, yeah, reason. I have some Christian Bale. I have a dark horse candidate for a movie of the year. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Casey Affleck, we can't take down Nate Parker and then let Casey Affleck win an Oscar, right? Well, Hollywood certainly can. Right. And might. <laughs> yeah, we will. Yeah. Hollywood plus forty seven percent of America are certainly down with that. Talk about your turncoats. <laughs> Matt <that's>... Damon <laughs> needs to stop doing the talking. I okay. All right, here's the the argument that you use when you're like, okay. Like when you talk about some like Bill Cosby and Nate Parker a little bit, it's like there's an element of like one of the reasons we get to shit like this, we let artists, artists do whatever the hell they want is because we also think that beyond their art, they're like these magical beings. So possibly there's an element of like, if you just take all that away, it takes away some of their power and then maybe they won't be raping as many people. I don't know. I think it gives them more power and then also just ability to rape as many people as they want and get away with it. Yeah. And that's how you get to Donald Trump. You know, because if you have enough money, right? Entertainment is power. Money is power. Attention is power. You can pay, you have fuck you money to pay people off. That right, and no one has society. All of civilization seemed, has not stopped raping. This just seems just like the that. year of rewarding rapists, which is like not yeah. what I was Woody going Allen, into this Woody year. Woody Allen got a show. Polanski didn't get extradited mm-hmm. again. Mm-hmm. Well, that's I guess that's the same question in in Trump's America. I mean, the thing that I felt like was happening a lot after this after the election was like, you know, sometimes marginalized people were like, "Nah, you don't understand. It's always been like this." Like, and so there's an element of like for women, I'm sure it's like, "Yeah, rapists have been getting away with shit forever." Well, yeah. What's the fucking difference? I guess the The difference uh, is maybe we thought we were like headed towards away from that. Yeah. That's just that was not happening. No, because <laughs> I remember oh. we were taping a podcast the day the grabber by the pussy thing came out, and that was like I think we all thought it was a turning point that we were like, well, yeah, no woman in her right mind will be able to vote for this guy after this. Yeah, I feel like that was really the feeling. Like it was like, oh man, this is it. Like we were waiting for him to, to for fuck there up to so be bad. Some real like smoking gun of being an asshole. Yeah. And then it didn't matter. It didn't matter. Women it was like, the turning point, though. It was the turning point when people were like, 
yeah, we know. We don't care. Yeah, we don't care. Right. That was the, it, I guess that's really, what the, <laughs> that's what it turned out to be. It was yeah. like, yeah, now it's all, uh, it's all on the surface. It's like, yeah, no, it's fine. It's like, it's like when they, you know, like when Pete Campbell breaks out Don Draper's shoebox yeah, and, and, the, you know, and like the entire country turned out to be uh, Robert Morris being like, you know, Mr. Campbell, we don't care. Like, oh. it's like it's as long as he does the job. That he's not qualified to do. All right, so here's the thing about Casey <laughs> Affleck. He's always been, he's he's the more likable of the two of them who does less stupid shit in public. Like he We d- thought. He, we thought. Well, we, yeah, he does more stupid shit in private. That's what we now know. But, yeah, like, there was never, you know, it's like Ben Affleck sort of puts you to the test. And, like, you basically, with Ben Affleck, you have to just accept. You're like, yeah, I'm a fan of this guy and his yeah. back tats and his sweatsuits or, like, he's whatever He's better happens. to me than... Damon, I've always preferred Affleck to Damon, first of all, because I can't physically be attracted to Matt Damon because he's kind of a redhead. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. that genetically would be bad. genetically, I yeah. used, you know, all redheads look like my brother, so mm-hmm. I can't. But Which Ben is Affleck, ironic because you're not keeping that gene alive. No, we have to we have to let it die. But Ben Affleck is like unpretentious and uh, doesn't pretend to be smart, and then sometimes is like unexpectedly smarter than you would think. Mm-hmm. Um, based He's managed on everything expectations better. Yeah, they're the he, same guy. It's just that Casey Affleck was the thinking man's non-thinking man, and I don't think Casey Affleck was anyone's anything. I don't think anybody's like a Casey Affleck super fan, which is why it feels like very stupid that everyone's like, no, no, we can't take down Casey Affleck. It's like, well, but you can't yeah, you take can. down Casey Affleck. I mean, this was the thing that I was, I've been thinking about with this is that he's, well, A, if you come at Casey Affleck, you are also by extension coming at Matt Damon, who's one of the producers of uh, the movie, right? Of, of, of right. Manchester by the sea and Ben Affleck, who's his brother. Like, but he also like, he used to ride the bus with Matt Damon in the third grade. Like you're, you're so you, if you are a publication, you lose access to all those I'm people. I'm saying like it's time to come at Matt Damon because he keeps saying the dumbest shit out loud and then saying it like he thinks he's saying something smart, which is the most offensive part. He said that thing about the Great Wall movie where he was like, oh, well, the problem was all this fake news. People were clicking on this story. <laughs> He's just digging that hole. He's digging the hole. That he's hole like, is like a lifelong project for, for him. for sure. I mean, look, can we also, though, fucking Zhang Yimou for, like, making that shit. Like, I'm just saying, on. like, I thought, he, I know, but, like, I thought he was maybe, like, more more woke than that. Because that's everything about his image has led me to believe that he's, like, the smart one. Let me, let me throw this out. This is the defense of that whole fucking rancid posse. I have, in since the election especially on Yoza's races, where to talk about shit like this a lot, kind of started adopting a okay, fine, whatever approach to anyone sort of left of fascist. <laughs> but that's a problem. It's like low expectations. I Yeah, I know. Like how, but, low, how low are expectations for a straight white guy from Boston? But see, that is my th- thing. This is my argument, which I do not agree with in theory, but I've sort of adopted in principle, which is like we actually now know the bar, the bar is open hatred. <laughs> and there's a part of me that is just kind of like, ah, oh, fine, whatever. I, I mean, you know My what I mean? My problem, though, is like I would be fine with that if if Matt Damon seemed like he was at all interested in like listening to the people who are telling him that he's wrong. But he yeah. does the most annoying thing, which is to be like, no, no, I'm not wrong. You're just like not understanding it correctly in this really condescending way to people who are telling him that like what he's doing is racist or stupid. And he's like, no, no, I'm not racist. 
you just don't understand, which right. is the most annoying thing you can do. It's right. that feeling that your your intentions, you're not consciously doing something racist. You're not doing it from a or racist place Or just you don't think you're racist, so you so can't So there's no possibly... way it could, it could be that. Right. Yeah. Because you're coming from the right place, and you once optioned Howard Zinn's People's History of the 20th Century to make it into a miniseries. <laughs> Did he? Yeah. Was or, that before or, we found out Ben Affleck was related to slave owners? That was way better. That was like with the Goodwill hunting cachet. They like walked in that okay. room with the Oscars Let's, and were like, Here's yeah. all I'm saying is like, you know, like the way Hollywood treats actresses is yeah. that they're like disposable. And nobody is famous enough that they can't become can totally unfamous yeah, yeah. by offending the wrong person or yeah. pissing off somebody more powerful who's a dude. Right, and no man. I feel like we should just treat actors like that, too. Like, you fuck up, you're out. We're going to find another Matt Damon. Matt Damon's over the hill now anyway. When's the last time there was a good Matt Damon movie? Yeah, this is what, okay, so I was arguing with my wife about this last night. I'm bringing it into the podcast because even as I was having the argument, I was like, I don't really need to have this argument here now. I should just, I'm just, I'm really just workshopping You're this like, for the show. What I need is for the public to decide. Yeah, no, I'm just, I, and I was like, it's not her fault and like, it's whatever. But like, we were talking about it and, you know, basically I, I, we were talking about the idea that, you know, because she had just listened to Casey Affleck on Marin or whatever when we were talking about it. And I was like, the only reason that you're willing to sort of entertain this thought as like sort of like, oh, maybe like he should not be just thrown under the bus is because you like him. But if this happened to like Penn Badgley, you would just be like, oh, whatever. Fuck him. He's a, you know, he's a piece of shit. Like you would just it would immediately it would be easy. Like and, and I was I was not saying that to sort of pick on her. I'm saying like society is kind of like certain actors are like, well, we can't. What are we going to do? We can't not yeah. have a Matt Damon. Right. You know, like we can't stop having Matt Damon to be a famous person. And like, I feel like that's what you're talking about. But that, it's like, also like Matt Damon was propped up into becoming Matt Damon. Like, they didn't write fucking Goodwill Hunting. Nope. Everybody knows that. No, they, mm-hmm. well, I like the story that they did, but that the third wrote, act was War Games. Yes, they wrote a movie that ended with <laughs> Will Hunting making a rocket launch, and then they gave it to a real screenwriter who turned it into a movie that is, let's be real, mostly about Gus Van Sant like lingering on how beautiful young Matt Damon is. That's like the right. appeal of that movie. It's not that it's like a great movie. It's that it was like male gaze on beautiful men, like a Gus Van Sant movie. And, and Boston looks very pretty in it, too. Yeah, it's fine. Does it hold up <laughs> that well? But, it, you know, they never wrote another movie again. Literally, like, never. Never. Did they, uh, Affleck Art. was supposedly writing his own Batman. Affleck is writing oh, yeah. a Batman. Again, I think Affleck. I think, he's, I think he fired himself Affleck's more talented, is what I'm saying. I'm. I think I'm. Although he did also cast himself to play a Latino in Argo, so they're I mean, both dicks. But then you're like, who's more of a dick? It's probably Matt Damon because Ben Affleck leads with what a dick he is, and then you're like, oh, this guy's pretty cool. Guys, I, actually, I'm sorry just to interrupt for a second. Uh, Matt Damon also wrote Jerry. Which is the Jerry does not have dialogue. Jerry was has improvised. A, oh, and he was, uh, and he has a screenplay credit on Promised Land, which is that movie, the Gus Van Sant uh, fracking movie with uh, John Krasinski. So, uh, my apologies to Matt Damon uh, for that piece of. How this did John Krasinski get in that posse? That's is he Boston? What are you talking about? It's like the chin and hair posse, man. But he's not famous <laughs> so enough easy. to be in that crew. Well, they didn't. They didn't know how. Just because you marry fucking, Emily Blunt, they didn't you get know to how Benghazi was going to turn out. Gosling, they should have gotten in there. But they can't have somebody to compete too much with Matt Damon. It's got to be somebody who's like definitely always going to be on a lower rung. Was this was that a segue into 
our next movie. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> that is a segue into our next movie, which is, I'm, hold on, I got to pull this while Here, I pull up. Here's what I'm going to say. Liz, I, go ahead. While I'm pulling this up. I love Kenneth Lonergan. You know, like I'm the person who does want to see Manchester by the sea. Mm-hmm. I do like social realist, naturalistic, little mm-hmm. weird indie movies about stuff like that. I love You Can Count on Me. What a great movie. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to be the person who doesn't see Birth of a Nation but sees Manchester by the Sea because I think that's shitty. Right. And I Wait. don't and I think the people who are kind of being like, well, Nate Parker like definitely raped somebody and Casey Affleck it got thrown out in court. Who can tell what happened? But like, there's these two women that worked for him who said he tried to get in bed with them while they were passed out. Right. That's right. not cool. Uh, we will continue to upset our finest uh, actors and directors when we return. La La Land, from everything I've heard about it, sounds like the worst movie ever made. I know. And I say this as somebody who likes jazz, Mm -hmm. somebody who likes musicals. Did you like Whiplash, though? No. Do you like white jazz? No. Or regular jazz? I mean, I like regular jazz. I'm fine with like... Because Whiplash and La La Land are white jazz. Whiplash is like the great... It's like the top gun of white jazz movies. Yeah. It's literally like the best... Are they made by the same guy? Yes. Yeah. So this guy's got a hard on for, for white jazz. Yeah. yeah, he's like a jazz guy. And it's like the best thing about the craziest thing about Whiplash is it's like there are only two drummers in this school who are maybe the best drummer. And it's Miles Teller and another white guy. Yeah, they couldn't even have one of the drummers. Oh, like 90 percent of <laughs> the people in jazz school, which admittedly is probably the case now, are white people. Because jazz like, is like classical music now, which is what I hear La La Land is about, is about Ryan Gosling is a jazz nut. <laughs> is he like a promoter? He's this, a jazz pianist. Oh, okay. Like Nick Nightingale and Eyes Wide Shut. <laughs> of course. <laughs> he wants to rise to the top of the jazz piano ranks, and I was making fun of that, and then I realized that I know a jazz pianist, um, and that he has what I assume is the best job you could have as a jazz pianist in L.A., which is that he is the house pianist at the Nice Guy, which is the is cool club where all the celebrities go. Uh, do you know what the actual best uh, gig for a jazz pianist in L.A. is or any pianist? Uh, it's a couple people and you can be the person who plays the ghost keyboard at the Magic Castle. <laughs> There's a, I don't want to give it away, but it's not a real ghost. You've already given it away. <laughs> Spoilers. But you just have to be able to improv- you have to be able to play any song. That's the audition. Speaking like, of fake ghosts, anything. and you have yeah. to be invisible. I just right. heard. Wait, you mean there's like a piano in the basement where yeah. somebody's really playing? Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I just read about how they did a demonstration of a self-driving car, where it turned out the self-driving car was being remote controlled off stage. Oh, the mechanical Turk. Yeah. Self-driving cars. Yeah. So is that not going to happen? Is that? Oh, it's already happening. And the city of San Francisco is like, you can't do this. Take these fucking self-driving cars off our streets, please. And Let me throw this out there as an intermediary. What if we just have like we're employing banks of rust belt, you know, unemployed people to be the the drivers of cars on the coast and no one ever has to know. It'll just be like drone pilots sitting in like like Cincinnati, Ohio. I think Ohio. that's what Uber is. Yeah. I think they're the people that are like, oh, you lost your job at the factory. Now you can drive a car for like less than minimum wage. That's what I'm saying. But with this technology, you can do it from anywhere. Right. You just have to be willing to move to Nevada or something. <laughs> yeah. Like, like yeah, that's yeah, where yeah. the jobs are. You got to go. Um, 
I was just saying this the other day, but like if any if anyone tries to mansplain jazz to me, my dream is that a saxophone drops into my hands out of the sky so I can just drown them out with like skronk. And that is uh, what that movie makes me feel like doing. Every time I see the trailer, I just want a saxophone, just John Zorn to like cover it. I think that closed out La La Land. I think we figured that out. It looks like a feature length adaptation of that scene from Gangster Squad where uh, Ryan Gosling walks down the street in kind of a dancey way. Um, I'm not going to see it. I don't think even though uh, Ryan Gosling is it seems like a good dude. Uh, Martin Scorsese's Silence. Is that this yeah. year? Yeah. That's that's it's like it's opening it's opening really soon. It's gonna come out in just in time for the Oscars. Um, I'm just kidding. I'm just booing everything. Kylo Ren in a monastery yeah. trying to convert the heathens in yeah. uh, somewhere I don't where Japan. Asia is it Japan? Japan baby trying to convert the yeah and uh, like apparently Martin Scorsese's been wanting to make this movie like his whole career. It seems like the other Kundun. It is like the other Kundun. I like kind of like, like hey, a boring you know, Scorsese movie. I could get down with it a little bit. Yeah, I, I mean, f- I feel like. White guys on spring break in Asia is like the worst genre, and this is that. And yeah, that's also what the Great Wall is going to be. So yeah, is this going to be better than the Great Wall? This is not going to have monsters in it. The Great Wall is like turns. The into Great a- Wall has monsters. Yeah, yeah that's what that's Matt Damon's been. Have you not listened to Matt Damon mansplaining the plot it's of the Great the Wall? No, I tune him out when he starts talking. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's like the thing. Well, this is the thing that they didn't tell people. I think there would have been a sli- there's somewhat of a sliding scale for realism once you realize that there's like horror movie stuff because yeah, like it's yeah. I'm right right like yeah, there's yeah, like yeah yeah it's like lizard people there's or whatever. Pacific Rim type shit monsters of madness Guillermo del Toro shit happening and so like that's why maybe it doesn't need to be so true to history Uh, that's what he's saying kind of except he's not even making I I think that's sort of been the argument he's making that people don't know what kind of movie it is and he's like get off my back about this because it's not supposed to be real my favorite part about that trailer is they're like the great wall it's all misty soldiers are walking around they're like no one knows what it was designed to keep out. And then that's when they reveal the monsters, but it's like also <laughs> Mongolians. People, <laughs> people did know like, what that was. People, it's super obvious what it was designed to keep out. This is the people that lived on the other side of it, I yeah. think is what was happening. Maybe there. walls are just trending. Walls. Oh, walls is trending. Yeah, walls are huge. Can we title this episode Walls is Trending? <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, Fences. I think we're not going to make fun of Fences. No, Fences does not get booed. I hope Fences takes it all because what a great play. Oh, yeah. Great play. Kind of hard to screw that up with those actors and all that. Fences, Fences, Fences and Moonlight are going to split the woke vote, and that's why La La Land is going to win. Hollywood loves that. The Academy loves a feel-good Ugh. nothing about entertainment. A feel-good tribute to the to movie making. Like yeah. The artist. Yeah, the yeah, artist. The, Jesus. There's not really a movie making movie this year, though, right? La La Land. Was La La Land. Movie like as a as a love letter to music. Oh, to Hollywood. Yeah, I guess. But he's a. It's a, that's a jazz movie. It's not. Well, a we heard there's like some backlots involved. Oh man. And it's an L.A. movie. Again, I'm just I'm Which too, is like, too close to the source. Okay, I'm going to run down. Uh, this is the the last thing. I just am going to run down some of these movie titles. There are potential contenders that are on this list that I got that I'm looking at right now. I haven't seen any of these movies. I just want you to <laughs> – don't even really speculate on the Oscar chances unless you have a thought. I just want you to tell me like what these movies are about. <laughs> yes. Allied. What is the plot of Allied? I dare you to tell me the plot of Allied. Uh, I saw a trailer for it, so I know better. All right, you know a little bit. It's like a shitty Notorious. Oh. Shitty Notorious. Green-lighted. Okay, perfect. <laughs> shitty Notorious. Uh, what is the plot of Hacksaw Ridge? 
Ooh, somebody gets their arm hacked off at Hacks a ridge. Hacks is, you is wish. Mel Gibson. Oh, is that the Mel Gibson comeback? Yeah, I oh. think it's going to be some some old. That's going to be that's our new American sniper. Every every year we get one. Oh, it's Andrew Garfield is the American sniper. It's got to be. And I assume. Boo. <laughs> it's the boo to, boo, to, boo the whole the whole boo concept. Mel Gibson coming back. Uh, oh, yeah. Patriots Day is on this list. Not not so fast. Patriots Day is that like Valentine's Day? But about- <laughs> <laughs> exactly. just to love actually about people falling in love on Patriots Day. It's about it's about Boston, which we've already made fun of enough on this. Oh, podcast. oh, a, Patriots it's the Day Boston is the bombing fucking movie. Boston bombing movie. Yeah, it's, a, it's the Mark Wahlberg uh, Boston bombing movie. It, okay, so here's what happened: is this in the last year of development and filmmaking, people thought. Hillary was going to win. And so Hollywood was like, we need to inundate the market with like reaching out to Red America shit. So that's why, and that shit makes so much money. So it's Patriots Day is and Benghazi. And I keep saying Hacksaw about Ridge. the election that I should have known what was going to happen when Sully was a hit. That should have been the sign. <laughs> oh, Sully's on this list. Yeah, I did didn't you see Sully. I did see Sully. I've heard. Fuck Sully. I've heard <laughs> my friend Gabe Delahaye, who you know, was like, Sully is the perfect movie to watch with your mother-in-law. <laughs> it's the best mother-in-law movie. It's just because everybody – like the people's love of Tom Hanks. When I was on a plane recently that had uh, Hologram for the King, which is the Dave Eggers movie that uh, oh, Tom right. Twyker did with, with Tom Hanks. And like nobody saw that I in the real world. But everybody on the plane was like, oh, here's a Tom Hanks movie that I yeah. haven't seen. Like so many people were watching it. And I was like – I saw it over so many people. That's the movie that allowed Cloud Atlas to happen the way it did, right? Th- or, or was it after? It's after Cloud Atlas, but it's uh, there's something. Yeah, he yeah, just Tickver uh, and 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 oh god, oh yeah. not Hanks. It? It's Hank, Hanks is in Cloud Atlas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he plays. That's uh, right. He has that weird. Uh, but yeah, he does many this, awesome things in that movie. <laughs> there's many things about Cloud Atlas that I am fascinated by. Doing another. I'd one. rather see a Tom Twyker Tom Hanks movie than a Clint Eastwood Tom Hanks. Movie. Fair. Fair okay. enough. Next up. Uh, next up, A Monster Calls. I actually have no idea. No idea. No idea. Pass. I think that's a Monsters, Inc. Uh, yeah, that should be Sully from Monsters, Inc. in that one. <laughs> is, <laughs> Nocturna- that is Nocturnal Animals on the list? I Nocturnal Animals. There's a big ad for Nocturnal Animals next to this list. I'll say that. There's a big uh, banner ad for it. Nocturnal Animals is in there. I don't think – I think Tom Ford is not really that good at movies. Yeah. I'm going to say. But I think I we, might like that one. You like that one? No, I, like, I don't. I mean, I haven't seen it, but – You like you – like Redhead trash. Yeah, I like redhead trash. I think Tom. I think he's a production designer who like thinks he's a director because his movies look amazing. But then they're like, you're like, wait a minute, this he's is a like fashion a fashion designer. I know. Of course, it's just like beautiful people who have nothing to say. And like Colin Firth's house in the the the, the, the Simple Man or whatever it was. A serious. I, 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 yeah. Ooh, Tom Ford does like redheads. Now that I'm thinking about it, wow. he had Julianne Moore in that movie. What redheads about- wildly overrepresented in the Oscars. Yeah. Wait, what about Arrival? Did y'all see Arrival? No. No, I'm actually psyched that, to see Arrival. Is That's that on the list? It's, it, is on the, it, it is on this list at the, right. uh, in the that section I, I was see. not So I saw Arrival, and here's what I want to say to you people especially, and all the listeners, is that so many fucking people after the election were like, you know what is a surprisingly feel-good movie? Arrival. You know, it's really uplifting. It'll make you feel better. And to all of those people, you are so goddamn wrong there's nothing that that movie is entirely predicated on having a functional competent government in place every and i want this is my this is my thing i want everyone to think about this go back to every disaster movie you've ever seen and imagine fucking donald trump or like rudy giuliani as secretary of defense 
like doing those scenes and it will make you want to cry. It is the worst shit. Maybe it's uplifting because it's like the aliens come and kill everybody and get us out of this this pickle. I wish. I fucking wish. Anyway, the movie's pretty good, but it is not uplifting in that regard at all. Is that it for Oscar movies? Oh, there's, I mean, there's more things on this. <laughs> Certainly there's, there, all these Sounds movies are. Sounds like that's it. I think that's it. I think that's it. I think we haven't, we haven't gone down. I was going to ask you what the plot of Rules Don't Apply is, but the I think The plot that's is like, that Rules Don't Apply. There's a situation yeah. where the rules go out the window. I want to just throw in what I actually think is the best movie of the year, which coincidentally is the only movie I saw all year. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not true. I saw The Girl on the Train. No words for Girl on the Train. Shitty Gone Girl. But I saw The Handmaiden. That's the best movie of the year. As far as oh. I am concerned, it is The Handmaiden. I'm going to go with, it's probably Moonlight. I don't know. I can't think of any other movies. I'm just going to say Moonlight just to say it. Just to, just to seem like Wait, a woke Alex, one on the podcast. You've got a dark horse contender. For I tw- do have a dark horse contender <laughs> for the best. The, be, the, the movie experience that I have enjoyed talking about to people the most in the last week or so. And it technically came out in 2016. I don't know if it's awards contender in 2016 or if it's already sort of its moment has passed. Uh, but I watched the Terrence Malick movie Night of Cups, which is about... Christian Bale plays a screenwriter who can't write because he's too busy being sexy. And he sort of wanders around Los Angeles. It is a very touristy Los Angeles movie because it's just he just goes to a bunch of places. I don't actually know where Terrence Malick lives, but it is mm-hmm. the type of L.A. movie you would make based on visiting here for meetings because <laughs> he goes to the Paramount lot. He goes to both standards. It's like there's two, not just <laughs> – the Sunset Strip standard, but also the downtown standard roof. And he has a debauched party in all in all of these places. And he gets laid a lot by various uh, different famous actresses and experiences things and whispers a lot of narration. But because it's so touristy, it actually really does sort of – it did connect me to my time visiting Los Angeles when I didn't live here. And I actually sort of had some feelings about it. It is a hilarious, ridiculous – application of the Terrence Malick formula to like entourage. It's like if Terrence Malick turned in like an entourage movie that like didn't use any, he's like, I cut Vince and all of the Ari and all the other characters right. out. They just didn't work for me in the thing. This captures the spirit of entourage. Yeah. With the, the Malick. Terrence lens. Malick's entourage is like a strong pitch to me. Yeah. I would absolutely like, I would, yeah. If they brought that back, they brought that show back and it was all the same people, but it was the Terrence Malick was like going to direct every episode of 10 of them. <laughs> Like, absolutely. I would subscribe to whatever service that got needed to for that. That sounds um, like a YouTube Red joint. <laughs> YouTube Red. It's on CISO. It sounds like a Pornhub joint a little bit. <laughs> oh, that's a, that was my, yeah, my my favorite. Um, I imagine, I didn't actually see it, that the, uh, the Suicide Squad porn parody is probably going to be a truer expression of the intent <laughs> of Suicide Squad than the actual film. <laughs> I felt like they should just skip making the movie and just make Funkos of those characters. Like, the, Oh, yeah. They, just, they shouldn't That's have where the, that money is. It's just an excuse to make Funkos. Just make the Funkos. Just yeah. like make a Killer Croc Funko. Don't like bother like actually casting a movie. Like I'm saying, I was reading a bunch of old Suicide Squad comics from like the, ni- the 89 the other day though and they're actually really good and you should go back to those. Don't let that ruin uh, the John Ostrander Suicide Squad for you. And on that note... <laughs> I'm going to talk about jazz. Terrence Malick's Suicide Squad. For 450 minutes. Andrew T., thank you for coming through. Y'all, thank, uh, can I ask, Am I? did I Did I win uh, most you, appearances this year? Yeah, and you just won the Oscar pool. Shit. 
Thank you for having me. Your, your, your prize is a copy of the Suicide Squad porn parody. <laughs> yes. We sold our hair to buy you this film. <laughs> this episode of North Mollywood was produced by Michael Catano, Mukta Mohan, and Kasia Mihailovich for the MTV Podcast Network. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at MTV Podcasts and subscribe to this and other MTV Podcasts wherever you find your favorite shows.